to this week's Ozone Podcast. I'm, I'm uh, pleased to be joined this week by Matt Miller of ESPN, who in, in the last 10 years has uh, developed in, into one of the more respected uh, draft analysts around. Uh, first of all, uh, Matt, I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, of course, and thank you for the kind words. It's well, great it, to hear. It's the truth. You've uh, earned your way up, and I'm uh, very happy for you. Overall, the draft this year, um, I guess first question to a draft analyst is how strong is it uh, top to bottom? One of the better ones, how would you assess it? One of the better ones, especially at the top. You know, I think it's a unique year in which there are 10 or 11 really, really good players. You know, guys who would be top 10 picks in almost any draft of the last decade. Um, What's also interesting is those players happen to come at your core foundational positions. Quarterback, wide receiver, left tackle. There's a pass rusher in there. There's a corner in there. So those are your, you know, first five positions you want to check off when building a team. And that gives the, it a chance to be an all-time draft all-time if draft. it works, right? Absolutely. I think what is interesting on the other side of it is this is the shallowest draft pool that I've covered. I started doing this in 2011. This is the shallowest pool of players because of the 2020 COVID year, right. because of a record low number of underclassmen during that time, only 54 declared for the draft because of transfer portal and NIL opportunities. Right. So it is a really good draft at the top where it does fall off kind of sharply. And I think we'll see a lot of round five, six, seven players where teams are going to have huge variances in, in terms right. of their grades on those players. And teams trying to trade out, not being able to because right. nobody wants to get in. So um, you mentioned NIL before we get uh, deep into the Jaguars. Uh, you kind of mentioned how it's changed this year. Do you see any way that the uh, changing dynamic of college football is going to change the draft or no? I don't know that it will change the, the framework of the draft or the idea of the draft. I don't know that we're ever going to see a players association say, hey, the draft is, is collusion. We're not doing this anymore. Right. It's too important to everyone. Um, but I, I do think it has changed, again, just how many players are entering the draft pool mm-hmm. every year. And to where, you know, if you're a player who maybe in the past you had had a good college season, you are eligible to enter the draft. Maybe you felt that pressure because of financial constraints. Or maybe you're just ready. You know, I can remember being young and I was ready to have my own money. Right. You know, so you're ready to make that jump. Now, because of NIL, you can have those financial opportunities and continue to improve as a draft prospect. Jaden Daniels from LSU is a great example of that. Someone who would have been a third or fourth round pick last year is able to stay at LSU and improve his draft stock, win a Heisman Trophy, and now is in the running to be a top three pick. Gotcha. Um, Strongest positions in this year's draft year. You mentioned that there is, uh, you know, a good balance at the top of premier positions. As you get on down, are there positions that are stronger maybe Uh, to 10 at that spot. Yeah, no, absolutely. So wide receiver is really, really talented. And I feel like we could say that every year now. The the amount of talent coming out of college at wide receiver is is amazing. Corner as well, uh, a really deep class this year and and in most years. But I, I think when you get outside the first round, Running back is a really deep class, but it happens to be in rounds three and four. Mm-hmm. You know, linebacker, there's a lot of really good players. It happens to be in rounds three and four. So um, that's, that's kind of where the tiers are falling this right. year. We're early. It's those, you know, receiver, tackle, corner. And then as we get later in the draft, there's some really good depth at those other positions. You mentioned uh, wide receiver. We were talking to Bucky Brooks earlier this morning. Is there a potential is, as we move on in this next three or four years because wide receivers are so plentiful every year, and it's gotten to the point where every four—I mean, every year—you say well, this is the best wide receiver class right. we've ever seen. 
could it eventually devalue the position in the draft? I think so. I, I do. And I, I think also when you look at how expensive it is to draft someone, in the, and especially in the top five picks, mm-hmm. it's a lot of money that you're giving to someone right out of the gate. So it wasn't that long ago that there was a school of thought in the NFL, and teams were studying this of, are we better off waiting for the second round? Because there were so many wide receivers coming gotcha. out of round two. A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas, you know, those guys were coming out of the second right. round and being great. Debo Samuel was another one. So there was that thought process for a while. And then, you know, the Jamar Chases come around and the right. Justin Jeffersons and Jalen Waddell. And I, I think what's happened is those players are just given such high grades by a team mm-hmm. because they're so talented that we're seeing those players push up the board. But I wouldn't be surprised if – and maybe we even see that a little bit this year with some of the teams early in the round who have – maybe they have a need at tackle and wide receiver. Take the tackle first because there's depth at wide receiver as opposed to, well, let's draft a receiver and we'll get a tackle in the second round where there's not as much talent. And maybe ready to contribute, if it, not be great. Absolutely. So, I yeah. got you. Uh, Different positions that Jaguars fans are thinking about. Um, with Ryan Nielsen coming aboard, corner has become a hot topic issue. People think they're going to go there out of 17. Uh, tell me how strong it is around 17, yeah. and then if they decide to wait into second round or third round if they don't have the Ridley yeah. pick. Uh, just assess that in those two spots. Yeah, I think the great thing about corner at 17 is you might be looking at the second corner in the draft. You know, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, who had a great senior bowl, mm-hmm. could be right there. In a straight straw from Missouri, a player. He's my number 15 overall player. Okay. I, I love his ability. He could still be on the board there. So I think in round one, uh, I, a lot of people, and I'm, I get torn on this too, how many corners actually go in the first round? Right. I, it, might be, it might be four, you know, and, and those two are, are certainly right in the, they're in play at 17. You get into round two, and it's, you're, you're kind of wondering who could fall. You know, could a Kamari Lasseter from Georgia fall a little bit? Because we're going to see quarterbacks, offensive tackles, and wide receiver dominate the first round, okay. could that push a, a Kool-Aid McKistry or a Kamari Lasseter to the second round? I mean, it, it could absolutely happen. There's a school of thought that if, if you're going to take interior offensive linemen in the top 20, he better be great. Yeah. Uh, Oregon kid, Jackson Powers Johnson. He's good. Great. I, I don't. I would hate to put that label on, sure. on someone. You know, uh, he had one really, really good year at Oregon. Um, you know, he's battling a little bit of an injury uh, in the pre-draft process, so that, that kind of makes it hard to evaluate. At the Senior Bowl, the day and a half he practiced – they were great. Those okay. were great days. Um, I think for me, I just want to see a little more consistency before I would put that label on him. I think he could be a really, really good NFL starter, and he could play center or guard, so there's some versatility there. He's a little bit of an outlier. You know, 334 pounds. You're one of the biggest centers in the NFL immediately right. at that size. So uh, there are some things that you really like. There are some things that are a little bit question marks too. At 17, it, it, it feels like this is a year, and you always hear every year, where there's X number of great players, X number yeah. here. But – it seems from talking to people that at 17, if they go corner, center, they're going to get a good player, maybe even defensive line there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think because we're going to see quarterbacks get pushed up, you know, there might be four quarterbacks. There will be, I think, four quarterbacks off the board by that point, potentially five. We're going to see four wide receivers potentially off the board at that point, maybe five offensive tackles. So that right. is going to push down. Maybe Byron Murphy, the, the D tackle from Texas, who I think will be the first one, the first D tackle off the board. Maybe he's still there at 17. Right. If we see runs at those other positions, we were talking about corner. There's a, a very real world in which the number two corner in this draft is still available at 17. And then I do think, you know, with uh, JPJ, the, the center from Oregon, mm-hmm. also very, very real possibility that he's there at 17. Give me a couple of third round corners, uh, and and maybe in third rounders at. 
at other spots because they may skip the second round pick yeah. because really situation. Um, the potential for third round impact maybe at corner offensive line guys who could step in and play yeah corner uh, i think again we'll see where the run happens sure. at that position jarvis brownlee jr uh, from louisville is a player i really really enjoy watching he's physical at the line of scrimmage but he's got the ability to run and bail he's just a little bit undersized mike saner still from michigan probably going to be an inside guy in the nfl and in a nickel corner but just a, a complete playmaker. Anytime you watch Michigan play, he's coming up huge in their secondary for them. So those would be the two corners I'd be pretty excited about. Uh, offensive guard Dominic Puny from Kansas, who played left tackle for them. He's going to play guard in the NFL. Really, really good athleticism. His ability to get out and attack linebackers, to play mm-hmm. in space, is is phenomenal. The Kansas run game, uh, if you ever get bored and like watching run game, Kansas run okay. game is fa- fantastic. May not get He's that bored. a huge part of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you might not. But if you do, it's a long summer after the draft. You uh, Obviously, you study a lot of minutiae and a lot of players, but you also talk to people about the draft constantly. Um, where do you see the draft? Maybe it's in scouting players, how it's going to come – is there anything to you that seems to be changing that, that you're going to see some changes in in the next couple of years? Yeah, I think, you know, right now there's a, a really big conversation happening about how much experience matters in the draft. You okay. know, it used to be you draft the traits. You know, you draft that guy early. But especially at quarterback, uh, there have been so many misses because you're drafting players who just weren't experienced. And sure, they had big arms and they were really fast, but they hadn't played a lot of football. And so I think that is even carrying over now to offensive line play, especially offensive tackle. You want guys who have experience, who you've got a bigger window to see what they can do. And it's why you know players like Bo Nix and Michael Mm -hmm. Penix Jr. are being elevated this year because of that experience factor. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's, it makes my job easier. Obviously, sure. if I can watch a guy who's played, yeah. like Bo Nix has started 61 games. Yeah. That helps me do my job, I co- right? I covered uh, his dad, unfortunately. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, I, I do think that it, it helps us all do our job the more information we have about a player. But, you know, if I were especially a team that is a, a playoff contender like Jacksonville, right. I want guys who can come in and play right away. Sure, you want upside, and, and you have to draft those players that you're going to develop. But uh, I think especially, you know, those core foundational positions – experience is, is really hard to come by. Matt Miller, you're a busy man, a knowledgeable man. I appreciate you sharing it with the Jaguars uh, of course. listeners. Yeah. F- fantastic stuff. I appreciate you. Thank you.